Transforming care through genomic medicine, personalized therapeutics, health services and outcomes research, and innovations in healthcare delivery. We're Children's Mercy Kansas City, presenting our audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith. So our topic today is families did their research. Now what? Health Information Seeking in the Digital Age. My guest is Dr. Rupal Gupta. She's a pediatrician and medical director of Operation Breakthrough. Dr. Gupta, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Mike. So we're going to get into information seeking in the digital age because I know that's a challenge for a lot of practitioners. But I just wanted to hear quickly about Operation Breakthrough because this sounds really interesting. Just tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. Sure. Um, it, it's a very exciting place. So um, it is a um, early Head Start Head Start Center, which is based in Kansas City, Missouri. We serve around um, 450 children and are one of the largest daycares in Missouri. And um, Children's Mercy Hospital has had a presence in the center for the past 20 years, um, including a medical clinic which offers full well-child care to families and also serves within the school community. So um, I, I was uh, brought in as director of this um, of this medical um, aspect great. of the facility. Very good, Dr. Gupta. I know you're going to do some awesome stuff there with Operation Breakthrough. Let's bring it back now, <clears throat> excuse me, to this information seeking in the digital age, because I, I, I know this is a challenge, right, for um, hospitals and practitioners. Um, what, what do you think are some common reasons parents and teens seek out information online? It's funny because this kind of a thing affects, I think, all of us as providers almost every single day. We always have somebody who's looked up something in Google and is asking us about it. So we all know this um, on a very personal ba- on a very personal level. Um, there are many reasons for which families will look up information online, and they make a lot of sense. Um, you know, they might have fear, they might have concern, um, they may have time and just want to have information on a certain type of a symptom. Um, so uh, many, many things can drive uh, right. drive health information seeking behavior. Do, do you do you find um, find out or find it uh, interesting that more people are usually it's it's after the diagnosis, right? That they go they go online. I, I know in, in the adult world, uh, adult patients when they get a symptom, they hop right online. But do you do you see that as with, with the kids, or do you see teenagers, for instance, after they've received, say, um, a diagnosis, that they sit down with their family and, and they start to go online? Is that is that the more common behavior? I would say that um, this behavior, just like in adults, can happen at any time. Um, approximately fifty percent of health-related searches are done on behalf of someone else. It is more common to do health-related searching if you have a loved one, such as a young child, who has a disease. Um, so certainly that rate of search will increase once you have a diagnosis. But um, teenagers, for instance, may not have any kind of a diagnosis, but because of a symptom they experience, they might start exploring their social networks and the web to find out what it could mean. Yeah. Well, what about when you know? So when a when a, a parent or even maybe a, a friend of the family goes online to start looking up about a diagnosis or about symptoms, does it concern you about which sources or resources they're looking at online? Well, I mean that's that's the obvious number one concern. Um, when we have, um, you know, in, in the pediatric office, the um, the issue of vaccine hesitancy affects us. Um, 
increasingly. And being an operation breakthrough, um, you know, I've tended to have patients who um, will trust and accept medical care, but I am seeing increased levels of vaccine hesitancy as, um, you know, information abounds, but the quality of that information can be questionable. So that's one of the first things that I discuss with families when they have um, a question about a certain symptom. You know, what are their sources and how are they evaluating them? And so, Dr. Gupta, how do you actually approach that? I mean, we don't want to belittle the person. We don't want to say, why are you on that website, right? I mean, how, what's your approach to actually asking that question and evaluating uh, the, the website they're looking at? Of course. Um, I think that, you know, the first thing that, that providers might be inclined to say is, you know, get off, get off uh, a search engine. You don't, don't, don't look up health information. And because of the ubiquity of of information seeking in general online, um, we all know that that's an unrealistic possibility. So um, the current model that's often recommended is to ask, acknowledge, advise. So don't be afraid to ask the question, acknowledge the family's concerns, and um, try to give them some concrete advice on how to evaluate those sources. Um, Unfortunately, there's not data to back up um, the use of that particular model, but uh, I'm afraid that at this point, it's all we have. You know, as as providers, as history takers, the more history we can take to understand our family's decision-making and questioning, the more we can um, treat them uh, personally and properly. Yeah. It seems like if if there's, you know, um, some information that the, the parent or even the teen um, has and they're talking about this in their doctor appointment and you know it's not coming from a legitimate source um, or a source that concerns you, what not that just maybe a great springboard into actually educating uh, the family, the teen about what's really going on, about the symptoms? So it really could be something, if we, if we handle it right, we can make it a positive, correct? Well, and, and certainly that can, that can happen. I, I had a, a, an example of a patient who came into me um, concerned about their child having neck pain. The child was completely well and, you know, without um, symptoms otherwise, but the family had looked up a topic of chronic meningitis and thought that that could be a concern. So I was able to educate this family on, you know, the, the, the fact that that diagnosis isn't really a legitimate one and help reassure them, you know, your child does not have any rigidity of the neck, your child is not having fevers, your child does not have any signs of meningitis. And so you have a lot of reason here in this particular situation to um, to see that your child is healthy and well and that you don't have to be concerned about that particular symptom. You know, digital health media applications are, you know, it's it seems like new ones are coming out almost daily. Um, are, are, are there any applications out there that you find helpful? And are there some digital health media applications that you find um, that may actually not be so great to use? Well, I think that, you know, because because this uh, type of information is changing, you know, as, as you say, ex- extremely rapidly, um, it, 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 it's astounding to me how many wonderful things are out there. Um, at the um, NIH digital presentation that was given um, in 2015, there was even um, discussion of a program called Night Scout, which fa- in which families had actually hacked their children's continuous glucose monitors to um, be able to track glucose and send that information to their phones. Um, there are issues with that. You know, there's the benefit of being able to track a child's glucose, and then um, the other side of it is that this may have some privacy implications. So I think that every application can have positive and negative um, uh, aspects to it. The key is um, really, really identifying how to use uh, sources appropriately, how, to, how, how uh, one can recognize 
that their own privacy could be compromised by their use of those programs. So really, um, really educating families on how much information they are sharing with others online and um, how they are being critical of whatever, whatever media they use. Yeah, and, and it, it seems clear to me that it needs to be a team approach to, to this as well, right? So the practitioner needs to know what some of those great applications are and some of those online resources, um, you know, speak with the family about that, you know, create almost a, an online strategy for how they can learn information. So it really becomes almost part of the care, right? And that way, as a, as a physician, you would know the sites they're going to, you would know the information that they're pulling up. So to me, it's, it seems like it should be a team approach. So with that in mind, do you have some advice then for practitioners in, in helping their, their patients go through a lot of that online information and, and applications? Yes. Um, so there's, there's specific things that you can do um, in terms of evaluating a source. So um, you want to make sure that you know what the um, funding sources are for whatever application it is um, or, or web program, you know, that they're, that they're accessing, because that can give you good insight into what agendas might be, um, you know, desired by whoever's creating that resource. Um, find out who the sources are for the information that they're getting. Um, you know, so, so if, they're, if they're going to a particular site or using a particular app, who are their experts? Who are the who are the people who um, who are being trusted by that application? Um, you want to get a good idea of how privacy is protected with any of these applications, um, especially with the rise of telemedicine. So these are certain things that um, I'll I'll discuss with families depending on their needs. Do you know if there's um, speaking of online an online resource, for instance, that already kind of lays out a lot of that information for? doctors and patients, meaning, you know, here are some highly vetted applications, online resources. These are the good ones. These ones are a little bit more questionable. Is there anything like that? Um, you know, I'd, I'd probably have to go into more research myself to know to know that answer. But, um, you know, regarding, regarding certain types of um, media programs, like Common Sense Media is one that I will commonly... Uh, discuss with families. It's a wonderful resource that just helps you assess all kinds of digital media. So that could be related, to, especially related to children's media. So if there are children's health-related media, that would be um, a wonderful place to go to. Right. Well, let's end. Let's end this way, Doctor Gupta. You know, you're an expert in in this. You know, this information seeking in the digital age. You know, what's what's your overall take on all of it? Is it good? Is it bad? Um, where do you see it going in the future? Um, I, I consider it good. You know, it's, it's a good thing when families have questions and are engaged in their health. You know, it may be a difficult thing to know that a family doesn't necessarily agree or want to go by the practices, the practice that I'm suggesting, you know, being um, in traditional medicine. But it is absolutely a good thing for families to want to make decisions. So I think that it's absolutely a good thing for families to be looking into their health care and to show that they actually have a true interest and um, engagement in their health care. One of the things that we all struggle with is engaging our patients and making sure that they're personally invested in what they're doing, that they're reading and that they want to make that decision shows it. So it's up to us to ask Right. families and let them teach us about the sources that they're using so that we can explore them. 
Right, right. And, and, and of course, we, we all agree, doc, Dr. Gupta, it's not going anywhere. The Internet is going to continue to grow. Um, the resources are going to continue to grow. And so I think it's best that uh, we have kind of a strategy for dealing with that in, in, you know, clinical practice. So, Dr. Gupta, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing at Children's Mercy. And I want to thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.